Is your focus divided? In this installment of The Grind to Find, I'll help you identify subtleties that divide our focus and discuss three things to recognize to reclaim that fixed eye on God. So snuggle in as I break down the grind right now. Greetings and welcome to The Grind to Find. Tara and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. You know, I can't think of a more potent topic that's right for the season, tis the season, than divided focus. How many times have we gone throughout our journey in this life and our focus has been skewed? You know, it's really easy to get pulled away from our own journey and our own mission and some of the things that we know that we should be doing. And how do we know we should do them? Because there's that voice inside of us that not only tells us what to do and gives us cues, but positions us to be able to follow through on those things. However, there's so much going on around us that we tend to lose focus. Well, this episode of The Grind to Find is all about adding some additional tools and awareness to your spiritual tool chest that you can access when you're going through the different ebbs and flows of your journey and just your experience with people, places, and things in your life. And listen, disclaimer, (laughs) right now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. This episode and all other content on The Grind to Find, they in no way, shape, or form are going to be a cure for this human condition. And the reason why is because there are levels to this. God is always looking to take us to the next level, and that requires the ebbs and flows. We need those things. We need to be able to come up high and then go back down and crash a little bit and come back up again because any and everything that we've prayed for, we have to be prepared to receive it. So the ebbs and flows, the crashing and burning, the the uh, uh, like my um, coach and very good friend says, the tipping of our crown. I don't know, my crown has fallen off my head, rolled down the street, uh, fell down the sewer and lost some gemstones along the way. <laughs> you know, it's just like that sometimes. But she always says, keep your crown upright. Well, that's what this show and content on The Grind to Find is all about. It's about giving you some tools. So if your crown is in the sewer and you got to fish it out or maybe even get a new one <laughs> because you need to get some stones replaced, it's about giving you a space of awareness so that you can create a way of being that is intentional and that is focused. And even though that focus may deviate and ebb and flow from time to time, like um, things will in our life, you have a space to be able to get right back on track, a point of reference, if you will, because you've acquired some different tools, some different wisdom, some different practices, some different methodologies to help get you back to where you want to be and back on your journey and back on that fixed sight, blockers on you to keep everything out, blinders 
to keep everything out so that you can stay fixed on what God wants you to do throughout your journey. So I'm super excited about sharing this information with you today. I'm not going to waste any time getting into it. In fact, let's glide right into laying some foundation for what's to come in our conversation today. And that's going to happen in the form of a spoken word piece entitled Divided. Spoken You gave me your word and I thought I believed you. I admit there have been times when I knew you came through and I should be thankful. But my truth is, since being a youth, I've struggled with your timing. Like having to wait as I endured an environment so riddled with hate, I learned to question your answers to my problems. So I did like the church said and moved some as I waited for you to solve them. Then, like the The gust of of the perfume-filled wind in the summer, your son came to me. This must be what you've sent to set me free. See, since I've waited and waited so patiently in silence, at times times consumed consumed by a mindset that replayed violently my shortcomings. I moved while looking for your sign and arrow pointing to the way out. Then, like the ram Abraham found in the bush, your son came about. So I came to him when he called. Then while in his arms, I came again and again, falling deeper into his spell. See, I now know I wasn't supposed to believe the story he would tell and sell for my future, especially since you were second in his plan. But, and and there's always a but, I was already in too deep when I saw the truth. So maybe I was supposed to be patient and long-suffering because that's what you would do. That's That's what what I I did too. Well, I kept doing. I insisted on creating my own seasons for relationships and relying on the sensual curvature of my hips to receive validation. I docked my self-worth at stations throughout my life that were depleted of the power necessary to recharge my soul. Then. I thought by playing church and reading scriptures, somehow Somehow another way of being would unfold. I bought into the way of the world and structured my life so that I could fit into the most valuable spaces and places. I convinced myself that the look on their faces didn't matter, that the chitter chatter was just talk. So I continued preparing my costume to arrive in the next scene of the play that had become my life. After becoming his girl, fuck buddy, then wife, I had obtained all they said should matter. Yet behind the perfectly staged costume, you could hear the clitter clatter of the shards of glass, shattered remnants of a life, not the one you promised me. So I gazed over the fence to see what I could see, and I shouldn't have. I laughed to keep from crying as they saw my face. I wanted my life to be in that place, yet here I stood dressed up to the naked eye while dressed down according to your standards, not knowing I wore my insecurity and hopelessness like a badge hanging from a lanyard around my neck for all those who were healed to see. I'm glad I made it back to you, Lord, but I'm still struggling to feel like I'm free. Now I may move as you say and serve as you've designed me to, Yet no matter what I do, it's hard to move, focus, and live in peace while moving blindly. I want nothing more than to leave the feeling of crawling in my skin behind me. I just need to know what all this means and what I'm doing matter. While I work to drown out the chatter in my mind and calm the churning in my belly, I know how silly this may sound, but I'm afraid to continue to be bound by the unknown. Ah, yes, grappling with the unknown. That's always something that's difficult for all of us. And within that piece, Divided, there were several different ways that that person allowed themselves to be taken off course from what 
the overall big picture, their mission, their journey was in life with God and relationships, of course, when she talked about uh, her focus being on the man, that's always a way in which uh, many of us, no matter whether you're male or female, can be taken off course when it comes to what your journey is with God and what you're required to do. Also comparison, that looking over the fence to see what's going on with other people. That's always a space uh, that can lead to us being taken off course for what our divine mission is, our divine purpose in life. And then other things like that uncertainty and not being able to see what's going on, not knowing where things are going. You know, all of those things contribute to us losing focus and having our attention diverted. I wanna share something with you before we talk about this next aspect uh, of this conversation that I wanna introduce. So I wanna share with you a dream that I had. It's uh, been about uh, three or four days ago now And what had happened was, and you know a good story is coming when you hear what had happened, but what happened was I got onto this bus and I went to the back of the bus and I got a window seat. I had my earbuds in my ear with my music playing and the volume of the music was at such a level as to where I could hear some sounds going on. The sounds were not audible, but enough to to hear sounds but not to be able to make out or distinguish exactly what was being said. So anyway, I'm sitting at the back of this bus and I'm looking out this window seat and out of my peripherals, I could see people loading onto the bus. And so as people continued to load onto the bus, there was a point in time in which a gentleman got onto the bus and he sat in the aisle seat, the same row as me, next to me. Now there was a seat that was in between us, separating the two of us. So I'm in the window, he's on the aisle, then this is empty seat in the middle. So anyway, I continued to look out of the window. People continued to board the bus. I could hear some conversations happening underneath the music that I was listening to. And so anyway, as people continued to board the bus, then there was conversation that became louder than what it initially was. And this conversation was such that the energy of the bus kind of changed, that the feeling, the atmosphere on the bus kind of changed. But even and still, I continued to listen to my music and look out of the window. Shortly after that, some more people got on the bus. I got the feeling that the bodies that I could see or the silhouettes of the people within my peripheral, that these were also gentlemen. And so they walked up and started to have a conversation with the gentleman that was sitting next to me on that aisle seat. But still, I continued to look out the window and listen to my music. So then the voices went from being barely audible to conversational to you can feel the switch in energy. There was some aggression there. Even still, I continued to sit and look out the window on that bus and listen to my music. And as the voices elevated and as just the tempo and the energy associated with the conversation changed, I all of a sudden went from hearing something that seemed slightly conversational to feeling a presence of anxiety and fear. I knew in that moment that there was something that I was not comfortable with, but even still, I continued to listen to my music and look out the window on that bus. And so then it went from conversation that was slightly elevated and confrontational to I all of a sudden felt a sense of dread 
as the energy changed and the pitch deepened and the volume increased with the conversation that these gentlemen were having. All of a sudden, one of the gentlemen that was talking to the guy sitting in the seat shot him several times. And when he shot him, I could feel the warmth from the blood of the gentleman after being shot on the side of my face, on the side of my neck. By this time, my heart is beating so fast that there was this warmth that came over my body. There was like the, the, the darkness and the dread that I felt was like a cloak that someone put over me that was covering me from everything else around me. I remember feeling the intensity from the heat, the moisture coming on my chest from sweat. I remember my palpitating heartbeat. I remember if anyone has ever been so afraid that you could like taste the energy associated with fear. That's exactly how I felt in that moment. But even still, something told me to continue to look out the window and listen to my music. So I did. And then my peripherals, I didn't see it, but I could kind of feel that the person after he shot the individual, now you have all of this noise and this ruckus going on on the bus. I felt as though this person was watching me to see if I had saw what they did. Now, I don't know, I'm freezing in that moment and that's part of the reason why I was terrified because the proximity of me to this gentleman and everything that had happened was so close that his blood was on the side of my face and my neck, yet and still there was something. I now know God who told me, keep looking out of the window and listening to your music. Seconds later, out of my peripherals, I could see that the silhouettes or the presence that was there left the bus. I woke up. I woke up and you would think that that was something that happened in real time. I mean, it was like I was teleported from an event that had actually happened in that moment back into my bed. But of course, to my relief, I was at home. I popped up out of my bed. I ran into the bathroom. I had to get some water, splash my face. It was quite an experience. I still had the adrenaline rushing from my body. I still had the moisture of the sweat on my hands. I still had my throat throbbing from the, how fast my heart was beating within the dream when I woke up. Those same physical feelings were still there with me, so much so that I fell to my knees and I decided that I was going to pray. Prayer, the ask, wasn't enough. So that's when I decided, okay, I don't need to ask. I need to calm myself and meditate so that I can receive. And so I went from prayer into meditation. I called myself into calm and into quiet. And after a bit, I don't know how long, I, I don't know how long I was there. I, I know it was for a nice amount of time. It became clear to me, if you will, what that dream was all about. That dream was all about me knowing when something is and is not my business. More importantly, what is not God's business for my journey in my life? Now, that example was very extreme, but let's face it, when the enemy is bombarding our life and trying to get us off track from our father's business, the last thing the enemy ends with is subtlety. Yes, sometimes the approach will be subtle, but if we're an oak at the time and we're focused and steadfast, the goal is to shake things up. What if I was one of those people who was curious about what all the conversation was about that I could hear just beneath the music that was playing at my ear? What if I was one of those people because it was something that had an energy and felt weird about it that I didn't go with the voice within 
which I believe intuition is just extension from God. What if I wasn't obedient and didn't go with the voice within? I went with the part of me that kind of wanted to know what was going on. Sometimes that's what catches us up. Our need to know what's going on. Our need to want to have certain questions answered. Our need to want to be in control and feel as though we know what's going to happen, what's to come, what should and shouldn't be done. Now, mind you, it should and shouldn't be done according to the carnal standard, our standard, not according to the spiritual standard. And so I realized that that dream was a very drastic way that God wanted to let me know that no matter what is around you in this physical world that tries to claim your attention, we have to have such a connection and focus to God that we believe what he says and we're going to go more toward what he wants us to do over anything else outside of that because anything else outside of that is disruptive to not only our journey but what God wants to equip us with to take care of his business. I'm going to take a brief break right here, give you a moment to digest, but when I come back, I am going to get into some specifics, specifically some different ways in which we lose focus. The goal is to have some intentionality about some of these things that we may do so that we can start to circumvent behaviors that make it harder for us to stay the course when it comes to what God is trying to do to us and through us. Don't move a muscle. I'll be right back. My God, my God There were times when I wanted to give up on you Believed you were there, but I couldn't feel you Then you stepped in, you came to see me through You never left me Even though I made my share of mistakes I never paid the price that I should have paid you never left me, nor did you forsake me Lord, you never gave up on me When I avoided your plan and I gave up and ran You kept me When I was sick in my quicksand Lord, you threw out your hand You kept me When I trusted in man, didn't give you a chance You kept me Said I've been in church all of my life I didn't learn your word but how to disguise I try to look good in other people's eyes But you still kept me Because of your love I'm running back to you Because of your grace I wanna say thank you Lord you're so faithful and I'm so grateful That you never gave up on me
Yes, yes, God is always keeping us, no matter what. But even though we're being kept through everything, we have a responsibility to do what we can to make sure that we're equipping ourselves to always be ready for the challenges that are going to come up. Because look, I remember many, many years ago, I used to pray for a time to come in my life where I would stop being bombarded with a bunch of different obstacles and adversity and challenges and just, I mean, it was just, or at least my perspective of things was that it was just ridiculous and I couldn't get a break. And I felt like I couldn't get a break because that's where my focus was. My focus was always on what was getting in my way, what was bothersome to me, anything that was not going according to the plan that Terrilyn had for her situation. I now understand that in order for me to become the version of myself that I see, that I can taste, that I can smell, and when I, when I say that, I'm talking about everything that has to do with the, the, the most grand version of Terrilyn that I can imagine. The only way that I can get to her is with all of the challenges, with all of the adversity, you know, that's what refinement is all about. It's about God equipping us to be able to handle spiritually the things that we request in this physical world, the things that are promised to us. How many people, and the first thing that comes to my mind is all of the, the thousands of lottery winners, how many people get something that they think they want only to be swallowed whole? And I think of, of the, the lottery winners. I mean, there's like a whole show dedicated to all of the horrible things that have happened to people after they win the lottery. Well, whatever it is, the grandest version of what we imagine ourselves being, uh, be it that uh, your career, be it that the pinnacle that you want to reach as a parent or a mother, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, spirituality, if there's a connection that you want to make with God so that um, uh, you can be of service uh, in a way that changes the lives of others, no matter what you can imagine, in order for you to get to that space, then there are some preparatory things that have to happen. And I can guarantee you that many of the things that have to happen, they're not going to happen in a way that you would want. And your experience is not going to be one that, that um, is not taxing. It's those things, that grit, the grind sometime of our journey that makes it so that we are equipped, that makes it so that we acquire wisdom. If you're, uh, we're all, I believe, created for service. It's what makes us so much more effective when we're of service to others. It's one thing to talk about different things when you're being of service to others. It's another thing to have experienced those things. There's a completely and totally different perspective and a completely and totally different conversation that you would be having when you've actually got some war stories that you could trade or a thought process, a mindset that comes from different experiences that you've had, where you've had to rise to the occasion and elevate your mind to such a place that you didn't even think was possible until you were faced with that situation. All of those things are meant for our greater good. So what are some things that get in our way and allow us to lose focus or cause us, I'm sorry, to lose focus. I've listed a few things here. Of course, 
This list is, is not all encompassing. There are definitely more things that as I go through this, I'm pretty sure you can think of that you can add to the list, but I think it's important for us to have at the forefront of our mind some of the things that we have normalized, some behaviors that we've normalized that actually can work to our detriment when God is trying to communicate with us and keep us on a steady path toward what we pray for and beyond that, what he has designed us to do in this life. Number one, curiosity. Yeah, the old saying, curiosity kills the cat. <laughs> well, curiosity can also, in a lot of different instances, cause us to deviate and go off track. Now, I'm not saying that in some spaces and places within life, curiosity is not one of those things that can definitely suit you. But then curiosity, as well as anything else, has to have a context that's going to be useful for you when we're talking about your, your spirituality and remaining divinely aligned. Curiosity about a situation, for example, the uh, dream that I shared with you, curiosity in that context served absolutely no good. So anything that we're using that's not in alignment with where God is um, sending us, the, the, the direction in which he wants us to go, and not going to prove something that is going to be food for our mindset, food for our spirit is definitely something that we want to take stock of and make sure that we're not in the habit of wanting to know more about something that has absolutely nothing to do with the betterment of us, our journey, or anybody that uh, we would serve along our journey. Number two, comparison. Oh yeah, comparison is a very easy way to lose focus and to actually run down a rabbit hole. Because whenever you're looking at someone else and what's going on in their situation, then I believe it's the same as saying that what's going on in your situation is, is not as good or worthy as what it is that you see over there. And oftentimes when we're looking at someone else's situation and wishing that we had what they had, the only reason why that would be there is because we're not really taking the time to put that energy into our own lives and our own situation. Growth spiritually and in anything that we do is a process. We live in a microwave society where we're more comfortable with pressing a button and things are exactly the way that we like it. And even if we think about some of the most basic things in our life, uh, people are always talking about seeds and seeds being planted and that having to be watered and nourished and, and sunlight. And even once that seed begins to germinate, there was a process to get it to the space of germination. But then even beyond that, that has stages. It's going to go through many different processes before that seed starts to look like whatever it is that was planted in the ground. The same is true with us when it comes to our spirituality and our spiritual growth and then the, the journey that is all around that. That process is one that requires faith and patience. And yeah, that's something to say, but faith is something that has to be cultivated and is cultivated by movement. And a lot of that movement requires a certain space of isolation and focus on what it is that you're moving toward and who it is that you're working for in the process. So it's very important for us to not lose stock of who we belong to, who our movements are for, and how we're supposed to be glorify glorifying him, God, and in turn, 
allowing him and the, that dedication to that movement to elevate us in the process. Number three, restlessness. Oh man, <sighs> that poem talked about the feeling of crawling in her skin. I know sometimes when our carnal selves are looking for movement within the things that we're doing. Now we're moving, but we're not seeing progress the way that we feel like we should. And they'll bring about this, this restlessness, this space of wanting, like having an insatiable thirst that cannot be quenched. I don't care how much you drink. And at the end of the day, that's when it's extremely important to remember what it means when people say, allow God to be God, not like he really needs our permission, but the restlessness comes from, the restlessness comes from having this space of expectation for your movement to equal something in a designated period of time, okay? Of course, we don't control time. <laughs> but removing the expectations for what things should look like and how things are supposed to materialize can help with that feeling of restlessness. You know, so that's just something to consider as you move forward in your journey. The next one on the list, number four, is fear. We lose focus when we allow ourselves to be riddled by fear. Fear is something that I imagine it's kind of like someone taking and putting hands on either side of your face and continuing to turn your face away from what you're looking at to get you to look in their direction instead. Fear can kind of do that. It can have like a magnetic effect on you that can pull not only your attention directly from, your, from what you're looking at, but it can also divert all of the things within you that were once confident and assured and have you questioning them and then those things start to become watered down. It's so important to get into a space of checking and really dealing with your fear. And I'm not gonna go too much into that on this episode, but I will in an episode in, in an episode that's coming up really break down some specifics when it comes to fear and how people think fear is just one thing. In fact, fear can be triggered in so many different ways, and it's so important when dealing with fear to take the time to get back to the foundation, establish the actual root, and work from there. Next on the list is control. Absolutely. So many of us want number five, control our way. We want so many things our way. We already have a plan that we really don't want to deviate from. We say that we want to be led by God, but when we're being led by God, it's hard to accept that letting go of what we have in our head is actually going to be a benefit. And the best thing that God could do for us is for us to not have any say in some of the things that uh, we want within our life. Control is an illusion. I know we've heard a whole lot about that uh, over the course of our lives, but how many times do we actually take a pause and take stock in the fact that not only is it is it an illusion, but we have so many different instances throughout our life where we thought we had control only for it to be shown to us that we never did in the first place. It's like we forget from whence we came. It's so important to take the time 
to work backwards and remember the times when you, or this is what I used to call it uh, when control was my issue, remember all the times when you dotted the I's and, and crossed the T's in every attempt to make it so that if something didn't go in the way that you planned, you lessened the damage only for there still to be damage anyway. At the end of the day, accepting that we don't know even when we have the best laid plans, we don't know. And actually that's what works to our benefit. The practice then becomes positioning ourselves to be able to fall up under and trust what we do know. And we know that God knows all and we're going to be covered no matter what. And finally, wavering faith. The easiest way to have your focus divided and skewed and keep you on an emotional and spiritual roller coaster that can lead to depression, that can lead to anxiety attacks, that can lead to inconsistency within relationships and botched communication with the people that you love is stress associated with wavering faith. Everything on this list, curiosity, comparison, restlessness, fear, control, and wavering faith, all of those things require practices so that those muscles can be strengthened and so that even though those things will pop up on and off throughout the course of our life, um, them appearing at different times in our life is not something that controls what it is that we do. It won't control us. It'll be there, but because we're used to them popping up from time to time and understanding that we get to create a context for them being there, knowing that allows us to be able to navigate those feelings and take back that control that they once had over how we move, how we think, how we process, and even how we see our God helps us be able to take that power back and put it where it should be. So those things that contribute to us losing focus and having to start back at square one time and time again There is a way for us to be able to check all of those things and keep them in a space that works for us. And I'm going to tell you more about how to do that right after this. I ever wanted was to be successful I'd have never thought that it would be this stressful Searching for a purpose, bending knees till it's hurt And then you put your spirit in me, told me be this vessel The price for my salvation was high, but you paid for that Spent every drop of your blood for me, look how I paid it back My forgiveness with your last breath, you even pray for that You loved me when I was with the click of shame to lay you back You was charged for every crime that I committed in this lifetime Treated like a criminal, but your life wasn't like mine I learned I had it like mine To do the things you done for me The way you bled and hung for me That cross that you took up for me I was on the block Longer than I was on the clock Striving to be somebody I'm not Just to be somebody that's hot By the time I hit that cell block I realized you all I got And all I got is all I need Cause all I need is God And 
Yeah. Why am I so solo? But really, I'm not so solo. You roll with me when I roll on. Now hold on to your one changing hand. So many folks changing, man. But you, the friend that never changed, your love remained the same. You wore those thorns for me. Took the nails in your feet and your arms for me. 39 lashes ripped your back up, took it all for me. All for me to take it for granted. Let's just be candid. From a baby in a manger to a man that died for strangers. You didn't deserve our anguish, but your love's beyond explaining. Can't explain why I'm not counting my blessings instead of complaining. I made it to the other side of that gate, free from them chains. Just to find my spirit locked up in need of freedom. The same long hours on the block, longer than hours on the clock. Searching to find something that's not more acceptance in the wrong spot. By the time I hit my knees, I realize you all I got. And all I got is all I need, cause all I need is God. Welcome back, everyone. That jam was by indie recording artist Will Martin, who, I mean, he's just on fire. Expect to hear a lot more coming from that brother on the grind to find um, just amazing music. I'm so very excited for what I know God has in store for him with his gifting. So at the top of the show, I discussed three things to recognize to reclaim that fixed eye on God. And we've already talked about some of the things that contribute to us losing focus. And uh, we talked about curiosity, comparison, restlessness, fear, control, and wavering faith. But the next thing on the list I wanna talk about is truthfulness, to thine own self be true. Because these are just some of the things that I mentioned. Some may be on your list of things that contribute to you losing focus. And of course, there are many other ones, but how many times are we actually cognizant about the role that we play in feeding into distractions within our life. Are you one of those type of people that are all FOMO, fear of missing out? It's important to have a time of honesty where you say to yourself, I'm one of those ones who tend to chase certain things because maybe it's fun to you, maybe it's interesting to you. Case in point, how many of us are consistent with creating an environment within our life. And I'm talking about everywhere. I'm talking about in your car. I'm talking about at home. I'm talking about with the the things that you read, whatever type of information or media you consume. Consistency with what we choose to take in helps to contribute to how focused we can remain on some of the the, the things that, uh, the spiritual things that we need to do within our life. And listen, none are perfect. Every now and again, I like to sit down and have some trash TV. (laughs) Why? Because those shows are an escape for me. My life is just so regular. You know, I I remember a time when it wasn't regular. I remember when my life could have been a reality TV show. I'm trying to tell you. But thank God those days are gone. But, you know, it's not what it is that we choose to do. 
It's how much of it we choose to do and being selective in what it is that we're taking in and making a part of our environment that actually proves to be a distraction. Some things we can do that are just a moment to relax and that's it. Other things literally pull us away from the type of mindset that we need to stay focused on what it is that we're doing. So the second thing on the list is being truthful about what takes you away from the things that are going on and then coming up with what you're going to do to get rid of those things that you know are a distraction in your life from keeping that mindset that you need in order for you to be able to stay focused. And if you do have a moment where you're, you know, your focus falls off or your focus is diverted, which is that will happen. You're able to jump right back on instead of wandering for months and even years before you get back on. That's the point to learn how to do this whole, um, journey, how to work this journey and not allow the journey to work us. The third thing on the list would be honing your filter. Now, when I say filter, our perspective is huge. I mentioned that earlier in this show, and we all have filters from which we view life. Some of our filters are kind of worn and tatted. And if your filter is one that's not clear, it's, it's dirty, it's clogged up with a bunch of perspectives that come from experiences in the past, previous relationships, some things that maybe uh, you held on to and you've never gotten rid of, but those things have shaped the way in which you view the world, the way in which you assess relationships and communicate with people, the way in which you choose to actually be someone that is has a more of a community mindset as opposed to a loner. Checking our filters is what helps us to be able to know if what we're seeing when we look at our life is the truth of what our life actually is, or is it a distortion based on some things that we probably need to address? And again, this is a list that can be extremely long, but I'm only gonna talk about one aspect of honing our filter today, and I want that to be identity. Identity is so very huge, and it's at the, the foundation of all of our lives in that if we're not clear about our identity in God, then that can keep us off kilter and off focus no matter what we do in the other areas that I talked about. Now, let me be specific when I talk about our identity in God. I'm talking about our God identity. There, there are two ways in which identity shows up in our life. Our identity, when we're not including God, if we're not careful, can be affixed to a bunch of external things. For example, uh, someone who is a doctor, them taking on being a doctor as their identity. It's not something that they do. They've actually taken that title and made it who they are. Um, this can also fall into play with people who are um, habitual students and they feel really, they feel more comfortable having a bunch of different uh, certifications and credentials. It's not that they have, um, it's not that they've earned a master's degree uh, or a PhD or a doctorate. That becomes who they are instead of just something that they've done. Identity can be tied to money, how much wealth you have. It can be tied to physical possessions. The problem with that is when identity is tied to anything external, then those things ebb and flow. 
those things we really have no control o- over. And uh, COVID showed us that. A lot of people uh, were hit really hard where they ended up losing their homes and losing their jobs and losing uh, big chunks of wealth in some cases, if not all for some people. People who had their identity tied up in what type of house they lived in or what type of car they had or what type of title they had at their job. Those were some of the people who struggled the most. And that's because losing the job wasn't just about losing the job or even losing a career at that point. Uh, It wasn't just about that. It was about them not knowing who they were once they didn't have that amount of money coming in the house or once they didn't have that title affixed to who they were. You know, so that's identity in one way. When I talk about God identity, specifically who you are in God. And a lot of us, for a lot of us, the journey in life is trying to connect to who we are in God so that we don't have those feelings of uh, being left wanting and these insatiable appetites that we can't seem to satisfy no matter how many degrees we get, no matter how many um, circles that we're in, you know, the ones that people tell you, uh, if you're somebody, then you're in this circle, then you get in that circle and you still don't feel like you're somebody. Uh, You know, there's so many different ways in which our identity, if it's not in God, can be something that is a heavy weight for us. It's like there isn't a space of calm and peace because there is nothing that's static when identity is external. So being clear about who you are in God and putting some things into practice so that it's more it's more than just a superficial means of knowing, but it actually becomes one with you so you feel it. And us being physical beings, that's something that's important to us to be able to feel as though we have that oneness with God, that God is present even in the times when he's quiet. We're looking for a feeling or something that keeps us connected. But at the end of the day, we, a lot of us miss that. It is the movement and the practice of other things that get us connected to that feeling that makes the things that we have on the inside, the voids that we had, uh, have on the inside or have had on the inside, uh, spaces that can be filled and therefore we feel full once they're filled. If they're filled externally, then it's hollow. It's never going to last. When they're filled spiritually, then no matter what the ebbs and flows of life are, because there will be consistent and constant ebbs and flows, we can still harness joy. We can still have a space of peace. We can still own contentment, live in contentment. Not to say that we plan to stay in any place that's not working for us and that does not feel comfortable, but as we continue to do the work and move, we can still feel as though we matter and as though the work that we're doing, it's not an if when it's going to manifest into what it is that we desire. It's a win because we're doing it with God at the forefront of everything. And the practice of uh, cultivating faith, of cultivating belief, of cultivating uh, our sense of God identity are the things that get us there. Now, of course, I could say so much more, (laughs) so much more about God identity. Actually, I I have. I've, I've talked quite a bit about this 
in previous episodes. Um, I do have some more that I'm going to have on this discussion uh, coming up uh, really soon in some episodes that are to come. But I'm going to put in a pin in it, put a pin in it <laughs> for now, right here. What do you think about the journey that we've taken through this episode to talk about the importance? of making sure that we don't allow ourselves to continue to be divided. Let me know. Shoot me a message. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. Of course, you can always shoot me an email, connectatthegrinddefined.com, and let me know what is on your mind. If you're listening to this and some of the things that I've talked about in this episode, as well as previous episodes, If these are some areas in which you want support and you would like to have someone to work with you, I'm always here for you. (laughs) I am always here for you. Uh, I love what I do and I'm pretty darn good at it. And I love nothing more than to help people to establish that solid spiritual foundation from their life from which they can scale. We know all about scaling when we talk about physical things and uh, making money and blowing up our businesses and, and, and things like that. You know, we know all about those processes, but at the end of the day, those things can only be as solid and as stable as we are spiritually. We have to have that foundation in place because nothing ever stays the same in this life. It can't if we want to continue to rise and become the better versions of ourselves. But that's okay with the right type of tools, the right type of support, and having me to help you to reset in those areas that you need to reset and to erect that solid foundation Uh, spiritually from which you can scale. That's what this is all about. So that is it for content today. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on The Grind Defined here today. I absolutely love this conversation around being divided and many of the things that I shared with you today. As always, there's so much more to come. If you haven't already, log on to The Grind Defined and click on feed and make sure you hit that notification bell in which app you choose so that you are notified when I upload and if you like additional tea hey that's easy to do click on join the list and that way you can stay in the know with everything that's going on with the grind to find as well as terrellandmichelle.com and all of the other things that are to come under divine design media so I just hope that you go into the rest of the week and through your weekend knowing that You are absolutely unstoppable. Not because I said so, because God created you to be unstoppable. No matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Until next time, Terrell and Michelle here. Peace and abundant blessings.